Conathor. We probably just about deserve the goal. Sheffield Wednesday. What are you shaking your head at? That's how it should have been listening. <laughs> you know, it really made for an unbelievable atmosphere. Everything came together. He's going to go for one. Bammy! It really was something special. That's what you get when you go to Sheffield. Joseph Hadfield. <laughs> what is up with you two today? Three lads talking absolutely half of the course on football. For Josh Chapman. If I was a neutral fan, that would have been a brilliant game of football to watch. Sheffield United. I'm glad I didn't see the second because we were shocking, but I thought he did really well. Here's Elliman and Jai. On he goes. Go on, Jai! Your home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. Even all, welcome along to Football Forum here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music as well. I'm Joseph Hadfield and I'm here to run you through the last fortnight's action. We'll do it all in the company of Josh Chapman and Connor Thorpe. Evening, fellas. Good evening. Evening. It's the show where we discuss the Blades and the Owls and there's the rest of the action from around the region. Coming up this evening, might as well say it again, top of the league. Still can't say it any better, can you? McBurney's broke his duck. Berger is king. The Blades still in front after a 1-1 at Luton, a 4-0 Royal Rumble and a 2-0 taming of the Tigers. Devante goal. Wednesday halted by Barnsley, a 2-0 A61 derby defeat after a 5-0 Forest Green flattering and a 3-1 Bradford balls up in the Meat Feast Cup. We also turn our attention to the weekend's action with United in the A6-1-7-8 derby hosting Rotherham. Well, Wednesday, have a long drive south, heading to the land of losing 3-0. Sorry, Ginsters, to face Plymouth. As of the round of Unpredictable, going from two 10-pointers in two rounds straight to two points combined between the three of us. Really is part of the course on Football Forum. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Football Forum. We're back at Shoe, still focusing on red and two shades of blue. This is Football Forum. And it's live. So much appreciating your company. Let's get straight into the action. And we're going to start with United uh, this week, because United obviously in championship action. Three games for them to uh, to review, although we'll mainly focus on the most recent as we do. Uh, United taking on Luton, Reading and Hull on Sunday. Connor can talk us through them. Yep, a very good week for Sheffield United. They end it top of the table after picking up seven points from three games. It started with a decent point away at Luton Town, who were in the playoffs last season. Carlton Morris gave them the lead after 10 minutes before Ollie McBurney broke his goal drought. I think it was a two-year goal drought or something like that. Um, to level for the Blades in the second half. McBurney then carried on his scoring form, opening the scoring against Reading. United ended up winning that one 4-0 against a team who were top of the league going into that game. Anel Ahmed Hosic with two and Illiman Njai with the other and then on Sunday United played on Sunday because I think the rugby was on which you know United have been shafted by these um, fixture changes already they won 2-0 at Hull City goals from Ollie McBurney once again and Sanderberger who was linked with a move away to Bruges on the deadline day so a big week for him after just staying at United it seemed um Paul Heckingbottom after the game, after the whole game said, I thought we were strong and played well. They didn't have a shot second half and to get a goal then does make it easier and we saw the game out well. Ollie loves scoring goals. I'm delighted for him and delighted with him. We know what a good player he is and he was great. We could have had more goals and made it easier, but 2-0 away from home, you'd take that all the time. So, Chappers, we want to focus mainly on the whole game, I think we've said. Um, what were your thoughts on that overall performance? 
Yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a really good performance, really strong uh, away performance. Um, and, and our away form has been one thing this season that people have maybe questioned at times. We, we hadn't won away all season. Obviously, we, we lost on the opening day away at Watford. Uh, we drew against Borough, drew against Luton. Um, so three away games and we'd not, we'd not won one. Um, and it was a little bit of our downfall last season as well, our away form. Uh, we were a lot better at home. But on Sunday, everything just kind of came together. From, from minute one, really, we were pressing high, uh, forcing Hull into mistakes. Uh, we looked pretty dangerous going forward. Um, Tommy Doyle had an early effort. Uh, Ahmed Hodzic did as well, which weren't far off. Probably a bit a few rangefinders really, um, and and we kept the pressure on. I didn't think Hull looked particularly dangerous um, in in that first half, and then we get a, a bit of a goal, maybe out of nothing. McBurney, um, who like you say, seems to be really on form at the moment. He can't stop scoring after not scoring in 43 games. He then goes and scores three in three games. Um, yeah, and apparently that was his first goal from outside of the box. I can't remember if that was just for us or in his career. But anyway, it's the first goal from outside the area uh, in quite a while. And uh, maybe a mistake from Matt Ingram. Probably should do better. I don't know if it's took a deflection or a bounce or something, but something has clearly put him off. Um, but, you know, it just shows the confidence that Bernie's in at the moment. And then really we we probably close him out pretty well until the end of the half, apart from a mistake from our corner, an excellent double save from Wes, um, really, to, to keep us in it. I'd have put my house on Estepunian scoring against us uh, on that one-on-one. Hold um, on, can we... Hold on, what was that pronunciation again? Estupinian. Estupinian, whoever he is. Yeah, to be fair, he's had a good start to this season and I did see little bits of the game. Um, and to be fair, I was very much banking him on him scoring that, but very good save from Wes Fodderingham. And I think it just shows you the importance of individual moments in games, just really, um, you know, deciding it because... Who knows what could have happened if Fodderingham hadn't produced that brilliant save? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it came at a real key moment in the game. Like you say, it, it really could have swayed it um, in, in Hull's favour. But Fodderingham has, has clawed us out of trouble. He's, he's done that a couple of times where we've given sloppy uh, sloppy chances away from, from our attacking uh, set plays. Um, and, and Fodderingham has generally always come up with the answer. Uh, and, and then second half, I thought I thought we came out and played well again. Thought there were a lot of times where we we forced Hull to play backwards. Really, didn't they? Didn't really have a, a an option going forward. We we forced them to play back to the goalkeeper um, quite a bit. Forced them into a lot of unforced errors. Um, and we got really we got the goal at a crucial time. Hull in the last ten minutes had started to come into the game a little bit more. I didn't think they'd threatened too much, but they were certainly growing into the game um, as the half went on. And then obviously Berger gets that crucial goal to to kind of wrap things up a little bit. You know, you never, I'm I'm never confident in United at two 0 I'm I'm never really confident in United at three or four 0 either. But uh, at two, it's always a bit of a dangerous scoreline. But um, we it really did kind of uh, put a seal on things when Sander Berger scored. You know, great work from Njai to to turn away from his man. A nice through ball uh, and a good finish, albeit via a deflection. But overall, a very very good performance and and one that really cements uh, our, our start, a good start to the season. And I think you must be buzzing. It feels for United from the outside looking in that you might have the last piece of that puzzle with McBurney scoring three and three. The player that scored 20-odd goals for Swansea, you know, he was signed in the Premier League for 20-odd million. 
seems to be discovering his confidence back. I think we can probably tell that he's a bit of a confidence player. And United, obviously, being so good under Heckingbottom, off the ball defensively, pressing, as you alluded to there. You know you've got the creativity with the likes of Njai and Makatee coming in now and people like that, uh, Reda Kadra as well. How important do you think it is now that United, with Sharp seemingly having a lot of injury problems now, have that goal-scoring striker that they can rely on if he can get into that form and prove you know, why United did buy him for 20 million from Swansea? It's been something that we've waited for for quite a while, really. Even towards the second half of last season, we didn't really have that striker who was scoring goals consistently. You know, Sharp was out for um, a bit with injury. McBurney was out with injury. Brewster was out with injury. So a lot, especially towards the end of the season, we were relying on uh, Gibbs White and Njai, who neither of which are out-and-out strikers to, to score goals and also goals from other areas as well. Um, so it's nice to have that striker come back who who is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like you say, McBurney, we paid a lot of money for him a couple of seasons ago in the Premier League. Never At points, I got quite frustrated with him. He didn't really do it, but the more I look back, I think, has he had a clear run in the team? Well, no, because he's, he's either been injured or he's, um, you know, we've had COVID affecting us. There's no been no crowds, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So he's not really had a... a great run in the team but recently it's not just his goal scoring that's been a good part of his game it, it's it's the rest of it the physicality the causing defenders trouble um, you know defenders don't really know what to do with him um, and he is putting himself about a lot more and, and causing more problems and you know let's let's not be you know let's let's be frank that the three goals he has scored have been good goals I mean the first goal against Luton on the volley or the half volley or whatever beautifully taken brilliant technique the second one against Reading absolute bullet header especially after a deflected cross from Max Lowe um, and the third one okay maybe a mistake from the keeper but to, to actually have that long range effort and, and get enough power behind it to, to get it on target and go in um, you know they're all all three are good goals so it's really important to have that and, and hopefully now with the other attacking players we've brought in uh, we really can start to punish teams more and take the chances that perhaps last season we might have squandered. And on deadline day, there was the, the whole saga around Sander Berger. He's been a man who's attracted interest all throughout the summer. I don't think that's too surprising because we know the the reputation that he had before he even joined United and, and he was linked with a move to Club Bruges. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Because I did remember thinking at the time, you know, if United get 20 million for him, surely they've got to take it. But I guess the timing, you know, the timescale to replace him just wouldn't have been ideal. Were you surprised that United made the decision not to sell him? And, you know, if you'd have, how much How much do you think it would have taken for you to say, right, let's cash in on him? I know we can't replace him immediately, but we're probably quite happy with what we've got until January and then we can come up with a proper plan to replace him in January. Yeah, I think that was half the issue, wasn't it? That the club wouldn't have had time on deadline day to bring in a replacement. And I know there was um, a lad identified in the MLS, uh, Kone. Um, was it from Montreal, I think? Um, yeah, Montreal. And But, you know... Paul Heckenbottom said in, in his press conference after the deadline that, you know, he wasn't necessarily a replacement for Sander Berger. He was just somebody the club had identified. Like, you can't... He basically said you can't um, replace a player of Sander Berger's quality with a, a lad for a couple of million, you know. Um, but there was a lot of noise. There was a lot of, is he, isn't he going? Um, I was delighted to get to the end of the window, even though the market in, obviously, Europe is, is, still, is still open until, I think, the end of today or the end of yesterday. I can't remember. Um 
but I thought if he hadn't have gone by the end of our window, um, I didn't think he was going, and obviously that's that's proved to be the case. So um, it doesn't sound like there was a, an offer that was near enough to Sheffield United's valuation. And I think we've got to credit the board and, and Prince Abdullah for actually standing firm and going, well, if you're not going to, we're not going to sell him for peanuts. We bought him for quite a lot of money. If you're not going to buy him for for our asking price, then he's not going to be sold. Um, so I think the the prince and the board deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, I think I'd, if if somebody had to come in and said, okay, we'll we'll give you twenty five million. I know that wasn't his release clause. I think his release clause is somewhere between thirty and thirty five. But if somebody had to come in and said, we'll give you twenty five million, I think I'd have probably taken it. And I think the club would have taken it as well. Um, I think there was from from what we've heard from Heckingbottom over the last few weeks, there there, there was a valuation that wasn't the um, the release clause, and that clearly wasn't met. So I, I'd imagine that was probably in the in the ballpark of twenty four twenty five million. Um, but you know the deals clearly weren't high enough. Club Bruges, um, according to Heckingbottom, didn't make another offer on deadline day, despite you know talks continuing between the two clubs. Apparently, there's a few loan deals um, that were being floated around. One of which was to Chelsea. I don't see how that would have benefited us uh, in any way, shape, or form, and why we would have done that. It's, was there actually interest from Chelsea there? Apparently, that was confirmed by Sam Shield. No um, disrespect to Sander Berger, but they are such a bizarrely run club, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's re- yeah, it is really strange. They seem to be buying a lot of different players. Um, but yeah, that, that was a team confirmed by James Shield. Um, we don't, there was another one as well, but we don't know who that was. Um, but I don't understand why a loan deal would have worked for us at all. Um, so, yeah, absolutely delighted with kept hold of him. Um, and, uh, you know, for him to score on, on Sunday is a, a really nice marker. And it kinda, it's almost a, a nice natural end to the, I don't want to say the saga as such, but the, the story of is he, is he going, is he not? Um, and, yeah, delighted to, to keep him until at least January. Um, and hopefully we'll keep him until the end of the season. And hopefully he'll help us get promoted. Fingers crossed we shall see how Sheffield United get on with keeping hold of Sander Berger past, um, well, past September, shall we say. For now, though, that wraps up Sheffield United. You're home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. Football Forum here on Spotify and your preferred podcast provider. Much appreciated your, your company. So, United's done. It's over to Wednesday now and Wednesday uh, in League One action again, hoping to build on uh, an impressive run of results that's left them uh, fourth in the table um, up to uh, the programme that we last brought you. Three games for them as well, um, but uh, two in the league, one in the Pizza Cup. It quite literally says Pizza Cup on our script, I should say that. Um, Forest Green at Hillsborough, Bradford in the Pizza Cup, and then a uh, an A61 derby against Barnsley. Chappers, you've got the details. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll start with Forest Green and, and Wednesday really did run riot with that. I, I think when we predicted the results, we all predicted a Wednesday win with varying degrees of um, score predictions, but we all predicted a Wednesday win. I don't think anybody predicted a 5-0 Wednesday win. Goals from uh, Josh Windass, Barry Bannon, Liam Palmer, Lee Gregory and Dominic Bernardo in goal. Um, saw a very, very comfortable victory for Wednesday in the league uh, after a great start, really, um, in, in their previous games. Uh, onto the Pizza Cup and, and it wasn't quite as successful. They travelled away to Bradford City. It's always a tricky game, uh, well, always a tricky competition to predict because you don't know how seriously the team's going to take it. Uh, but Bradford City, well, they were the ones that se- clearly did take it seriously. Uh, Jake Young scoring twice and Keen Harrett as well. Uh, Michael Smith scored a penalty for Wednesday, um, but it wasn't enough and a 3-1 defeat for Wednesday there in the first game 
of the Papa John's Trophy. And finally, uh, on Saturday, they faced Barnsley at Hillsborough in a local derby. And again, I think all of us predicted a Wednesday win in this one. There might have been a draw in there, uh, but I just didn't see Wednesday turn in this one round. Uh, but Devante, Cole and James Norwood clearly had other ideas in the 34th and the 74th minute, uh, wrapping up a 2-0 away victory for Barnsley. A disappointing result, you would have to say, for Wednesday, um, especially after their, uh, their good home form. Uh, after the game, uh, manager Darren Moore, uh, after Barnsley game, sorry, manager Darren Moore said, I'm still scratching my head with it, really. It just wasn't right today, right uh, right the way through. Usually our forte is being excellent with the ball. I just thought we were loose today with stray passes and just couldn't get going. There was an incident in about the sixth minute. We just ran into bodies with the ball when it was on to play. And from there, it just spiralled. Uh, take nothing from Michael Duff and his team. They set their stall out, so credit to them for the win. But we weren't where we needed to be at. We just didn't execute the game plan. I can't share it, but myself and the players know we didn't execute it. It was on for us to execute the game plan. And we just didn't. Kind of, we're going to come to that in a, in a few moments' time. But first of all, let's, let's touch on the start that Wednesday have had. Um, really, in the grand scheme of things in the league, an excellent start. Before the Barnsley game, he'd only won, lost once in the league um, and won every other game apart from the opening day when he drew three all against Portsmouth. What, what are your thoughts and feelings after the start that Wednesday have had? Yeah, I think you know we'll, we'll include the Barnsley game within that block of results as well because you've got to look at it as a whole. Um, and we'll come on to the negatives of what was a really poor performance and poor result for us at the weekend but I think if you just take a step back and, and look at the start you know you assess it at the end of at the start of September you know this is usually when you have your first international break so I think it is a good time to sort of uh, take stock of what's happened um, we've had a really tough start to the season you know we've played a lot of teams who you'd probably expect to be in that I want to say top half of the league um, because we know what league one's like it's it's very much two leagues within one Um plenty of teams who have made good starts in you know the likes of Portsmouth who maybe we thought would be sort of towards seventh or eighth but have made a really good start and are now in the top two um and we've played teams like Charlton who had a really poor start to who had a really poor season but have done a lot better this year they're looking a lot better so I think the points return you know to be fourth in the league I'd have definitely taken it to have got I think it's 14 points I would have taken that as well. I think it might be 13 points, actually. Um, but, yeah, I would have taken that. Um, even after the Barnsley game, you know, if you'd have, if you'd have said before um, the season started, you're going to lose 2-0 to Barnsley, you're going to have these set of results, I think we'd be fairly happy with where we are. I know people, I know we expect top two, and, and we certainly still do expect top two. Um, but I think you consider the, the, the quality of opponents we've played compared to teams around us, um, especially... Portsmouth who have had a good start and I'm going to contradict myself a bit here because they have played a lot of teams who you'd expect to be in that lower portion of the league um, so I think we're going fairly well um, performances probably not quite as good as results suggest I think you know the last time I was on because I think we did an episode a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't on for was the Charlton game where I was basically saying it's a good result but I think performances need to improve if we're to keep on picking up points in the way that we are and sort of to review what's happened since then it kind of looked like we've taken two steps forward and one step back because I was really happy with the Bolton performance I wasn't at the Forest Green game to be honest but I don't think you can pick too many faults in a 5-0 win I know Forest Green were pretty generous in the way they played and really open um, and made some bad defensive errors but I think you know we've definitely taken two steps forward there in terms of performances um, this felt like a massive step backwards though, um, the Barnsley game. And to be honest with you, 
it was probably the worst we've played at home in league in the league since being relegated. Um, there haven't been too many bad performances, but you know that was up there certainly with the Oxford game last season. I think the Rotherham game that we lost last season at home was was a good was a good performance, and there was a couple of draws that we weren't happy with. But yeah, that would be the worst. Well, let's talk about Barnsley then. You know, Darren Moore said he just couldn't. You know, he was still scratching his head. It he, he wasn't right right the way through. You know, didn't execute the game plan. Players maybe not doing what they were instructed to do. How they prepared for the game. What went wrong for Wednesday in in that game? <laughs> I think everything went wrong. Really, it's. It, I think it is quite hard just to put it down to one thing. I think the overriding theme from that game. And you can criticise Darren Moore for getting his tactics wrong. I think we were outthought by Michael Duff. I think you know he came to they came to press us, and I don't think we really had an answer to that. We didn't really change the game until around an hour in. I think we probably should have done that at half time. We should have gone to a back four at half time, just because it wasn't working. You know, maybe to get um, you know wingers on the pitch. Um, Marvin Johnson really struggling at left wing back. Um, players in midfield not being able to. Um, progress the ball I think maybe the extra centre half probably wasn't needed in this game I think sometimes we look really good with three at the back but I think in games where you can see it's going wrong I think we need to change it a little bit quicker um, and when we did change it what didn't seem to be too much of, a, of an idea of what we were doing it was uh, very much a 4-2-4 with the two lads in centre midfield having a lot of, lot of their work cut out um, so maybe it's just finding a bit more of a coherent plan within games when somebody comes to Hillsborough, imposes themselves and makes it really difficult for us to play, how can we actually execute a plan B, which isn't just throwing on as many forwards as possible and just hoping that something sticks? Um, but that's probably all I'll say on where we could improve. You know, I'm not going to come and slate Darren Moore because I think overall we've had a good start to the season. And I think this was probably more down to just a lot of individuals having a bad day at the office, really. Um Lee Gregory and Josh Windass are as good as any strike force in League One, as good as quite a few championship strike forces. And it's so rare that you'd see both of them have such an off day at the same time in the same game whilst playing together. Um, and I think it's really difficult for a manager to get the best out of his players when something like that happens. Um, it, I'll, you, you'll very rarely hear any Wednesday fan say a negative word about Lee Gregory, but... It was way off it at the weekend, unfortunately. You know, he's he transforms the way we play usually. You know, he offers an option for those players in midfield to break the lines with the passing and he'll come deep and he'll lay it off and he's so intelligent. But there was just none of that. I think his touches weren't working. Probably couldn't take up the right positions. I think maybe because of the way Barnsley stopped us playing and the way that Barnsley stopped us playing the ball through midfield and into his feet. So obviously there was a bit something circumstantial there as well. But everything he did do and, and everything he did get towards him it just didn't work and the same with Windass Windass was just couldn't really get into the game and like I said with Gregory when he did get into the game the ball wasn't sticking you know his touches was were poor he was failing to link up with other players so it's I'd say it's it's not just down to them two you know you could go around the team Byers wasn't quite at it you know he wasn't terrible but when he's not on his game I think it does affect the whole team same with Bannon really Marvin Johnson continued his really difficult start to the season where he's really been struggling to defend against opposition wingers or wing-backs. Um, and I think that theme continued this weekend. I think teams are probably finding him out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, just I think that was probably the main theme of it and uh, very disappointing. 
And let's finally talk. There was a, a few late-ish arrivals uh, for Sheffield Wednesday. Two uh, two transfers, one on loan. Um, but the first one, permanent transfer, Malik, uh, Malik Wilkes, is a name that's been spoken about for quite a while in terms of potentially coming to Wednesday. You know, the, the deal finally got dull, had done from Hull. Uh, and loan, uh, Alex Mighton, only 20 years old, on loan from Notts Forest. Uh, Connor, you were saying a minute ago that he was a player that you wanted to bring in for quite a while. Uh, not never, just, never thought we'd be able to, to be honest. But, you know, <laughs> you wanted to bring him in for quite a while. Here he is, arrived from Forest uh, just last week. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two deals? So Wilkes, I think, is one that I, it's obviously been going on all summer, this deal. And we were all quite bored of hearing about it. I always had a bit of, I always had faith that we'd get it done. Um, I think there was probably a little bit of um, Cold War brinkmanship going on where, you know, we would stay into our price, they were staying to their price, but at the end, something's got to give. Um, they wanted to get rid of him, we wanted him, so you'll compromise and meet in the middle. Now, that's just speculation, we don't actually know the fee, but that's what I thought would happen, and something obviously like that has happened. Um, I know Hull have obviously had a good start to the season, and they've got the likes of Oscar Estepinian scoring a lot of goals, so that's not surprising. Malik Wilkes got 20-odd goals for Hull last time he was in um, League One. 23 years old, I've said for quite a while, we try and we need to try and get the average age of our squad down. If you look at the three players we've spent fees on, Wilkes, Firmiwo, Backinson, all 23 years old, all can come into the team and do a job and all can hopefully develop with the club. Obviously, Firmiwo's had a difficult start with injury. And Mighton, like you said, I think he's the kind of player that we need because he's just... We, we really like somebody who's got pace and a direct runner who can go 1v1 at defenders and take them out of the game and just look to hurt teams like that. It adds, adds a different dimension to our play. I said I really liked him just because of how we played in that behind-closed-doors game when we lost at Forest. He, I think he came off. He might have come off the bench or he might have started, but he was an absolute live wire. There's a clip of him turning Bannon inside out and he's, he's generally been like that when I've, tried to, when I've watched him play. He's a really exciting player. Obviously, there's there's a lot of work to do on his game. He's got to have regular football. I think he's got to bulk up a bit if he's going to play through the middle. Um, and hopefully, that experience in League One will help him with that. We need to make sure that we're patient with him, a 20-year-old lad coming into a, a first-team environment. Um, but I think he can be excellent for us this season. There's a, obviously a hell of a player that Forrest have got there. Um, and hopefully, we can provide the right conditions for him to, to try and... Um, shine this season in League One but in terms of what the team needs it's um, it, it it ticks a lot of boxes so I'm happy with that one so Sheffield Wednesday there um, needing to bounce back at the weekend we'll touch on that in a little bit but for now that wraps up United and Wednesday and uh, well he you you missed last week chappers so uh, or the last show so uh, you've got uh, got to make up for it shall we say and you've got plenty to cover in this week's local roundup yeah, lots, lots of games. I won't go into them all because um, we could be here until next Thursday. Uh, but we're going to start in the Championship with Rotherham, uh, Rotherham United. Uh, their two most recent fixtures. They played midweek uh, last week away at Sunderland. Uh, and well, after a good start to their season, it wasn't a good, uh, wasn't a good performance at Sunderland. Uh, Ross Stewart scoring twice and Jack Clark wrapping up a 3-0 home victory for the Black Cats, Rotherham coming back empty-handed. But they uh, definitely half made up for that on Saturday uh, when, they hosted Rother uh, when they hosted Watford at the New York Stadium. Richard Wood, who uh, has been an excellent scoring form this season, 
Uh, I think that's sixth for the season now or something like that, something ridiculous um, for the veteran defender to open the scoring in the second minute. Uh, but that was before Avakun Isuf Bayo in the 33rd leveled things up for Good Watford. pronunciation. Thank you, I do try, thank you. Uh, he leveled things up in the 33rd minute and that's how it stayed, 1-1. Uh, Rotherham currently sitting in 13th in the championship table. Uh, moving on into, uh, into Barnsley, again their last two results. One of them was in the Pizza Cup last week. Uh, well, they uh, they lost their first game away at Lincoln. Uh, sorry, at home to Lincoln City. Uh, Teddy Bishop scoring twice, and Jovan Makaima. Oh my God, there's some names in here. That was rubbish. <laughs> uh, in the 90th minute, getting a, a 3-0 victory uh, away at Barnsley. Uh, and then in the league, obviously we've heard already that they uh, beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0 on Saturday. Moving on into League Two, uh, sorry, just before I finish, Barnsley currently sitting in 10th in the League One table. Uh, moving down into League Two, Donny Rovers have had a bit of a mixed bag um, to their start of the season. Uh, they travelled to Northampton Town a couple of weeks ago and were 1-0 victors there. George Miller from the spot in the 69th minute. And then on Saturday, they hosted Mansfield Town. Weren't quite so lucky. 3-1 they lost that game. Molly Clark opened the score for Mansfield in the 15th minute. Uh, Lee Tomlin leveled things up from the penalty spot just on the stroke of half time. But that was before George Maris and Lucas Aikens in the 56th and 71st minute, also from the also from the penalty spot, uh, secured a 3-1 victory for Mansfield. Doncaster Rovers currently sitting sixth in the League Two table. Like I say, a bit of a mixed bag for them uh, so far this season. And moving out into the National League, Chesterfield. Well, they've had a very good start to their season. Their last two results, firstly away at Altrincham. 2-1 victory there. Uh, going behind, actually, Toby Malarkey in the 45th minute opened the scoring for Altrincham, but that was before Tyrone Williams just after the break and Kabongo Shimanga coming back from injury and also scoring, getting back on the score sheet in the 46th and the 49th minute. And that was before uh, Chesterfield on the road again, this time to Oldham Athletic. Uh, Joe Quigley, well, he scored before even the first minute had gone um, to put Chesterfield 1-0 up and Jeff King only seven minutes later in the eighth minute um, scoring again. 2-0 that game finished, no more goals in that one. Chesterfield currently sitting top of the table in the National League. And we've got our photographer Ben here, uh, who is a Chesterfield fan for his sins, but I'm sure he's not gonna, not too worried about that this season. Uh, ben, a good start to the season for Chesterfield, currently sitting top of the National League table. You made a lot of signings, seemingly they're coming good. What have you made so far to uh, Chesterfield season? Well, uh, so far at the moment, it's looking very promising for Chesterfield, to, for them to... Obviously, get back to League Two where uh, they haven't been for many years now. So, hopefully, if this run of form continues, uh, we should be back in League Two. And, and really, you've been you've been quite unlucky with a couple of your results. Uh, you know, I think about Dorking on the opening day away from home. Um, you were two 0 up in that game. Obviously, Lucas Co- uh, Kovalan got sent off. Uh, you didn't have a reserve keeper on the bench. Uh, ended up drawing that game 2-2. But you've not lost a game all season. How confident are you that you can keep this good run of form going um, f- into, into the games you've got coming up? Well, obviously, we've got Shimanga, who's uh, uh, slowly easing himself back into the squad. He's, well, for the last two games, he's been on bench. He wasn't uh, on bench with Oldham because of his, uh, was it Birmingham? almost transfer yeah, yeah Birmingham yep. it fell through on deadline down so uh, yeah is with both uh, yeah with both matches uh, him coming off the bench and scoring him in both of them they are is looking promising and hopefully he'll be full match re- full fitness very soon and obviously you just mentioned there Shimanga uh, his, his deadline day deal to Birmingham fell through we, we heard it was a failed medical 
Uh, I bet you had a bit of a roller coaster of emotions that day. You thought it was going, and then it was staying. Um, what what were your f- feelings on on deadline day when you, when you heard the news that Shimanga might be going? Uh, it was a bit mixed because obviously we had one news source saying oh, he's going, and then one, when it came out that he might have potentially failed his medical, it was kind of relief. I mean, hopefully he'll stay until the rest the end of the season, but you never know. Birmingham say he might go back in for another offer in. Uh, January and uh, yeah he might end up leaving us by end of the season but if we keep this fun of form going it's looking promising well thank you Ben and finally we're just going to finish the local roundup uh, Hallam they've uh, they've had a bit of a mixed bag so far in their start to the season uh, back in the northern counties eastern league premier division uh, but we're just going to I'm going to run you through two of their recent fixtures uh, they were 3-2 victors against Ashton Athletic in the FA Vars first qualifying round uh, Stephen Woolley and Brandon Bradbury getting the goals there and uh, but they were on the uh, end of a 3-1 defeat at home to Goldcar United on uh, 30th Julian Lawrence scoring Hallam's goal there and a hat-trick from Slater, Bark and Barnes for Goldcar, uh, wrapping up that victory for Goldcar there. Alan currently sits 16th in the Northern Counties Eastern League Premier League, uh, Premier Division, sorry, um, and hopefully we will be back there very shortly, uh, next week in fact, as they play Peniston Church um, in the league, I think it's in the league, it is in the league, next yeah. Wednesday. It is, yes, we will be there, uh, football forum in attendance at uh, the DSM Memorial Ground, I think is the uh, the correct uh, termination um, for their uh, name for their ground yeah we will be there next Wednesday evening uh, so uh, do come along if you can uh, it's only a, a quick train ride up there and uh, fun and games well done Ben good uh, good debut from from yourself you've uh, you've done us proud thank you very much for that <laughs> let's hope Chesterfield can do their uh, Ben proud come the end of the season uh, plenty still on the way here on football forum but our attention does turn back to United on Wednesday now um, we've got a derby and uh, a long drive down to Devon It is the previews, and they come next. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. With Football Forum here on uh, on Spotify and your preferred podcast provider, much appreciating your company. So onwards we go then to the previews and a look ahead to this weekend's action because there's no midweek chaps for the first time in in God knows how long. Well, I, I saw a start the other week that, uh, or I, I found out the other week that uh, United have played a game on every single day of the week so far this season. We, what? Played, we played Watford on wow. a Monday. We played. Um, who did you play? It was Sunderland on a Tuesday. No, Sunderland was a Wednesday. Sunderland was a Wednesday. We, but played, we played Reading, Reading on, on a Tuesday. Tuesday. We played West Brom on a Thursday. We played Luton on a Friday. We played obviously uh, uh, on a Saturday. Sat- on a Saturday, we played the Millwall very rare times Sunderland. we do actually get three o'clock. That's, that's and then obviously we played on Sunday. That's got to be a record. Borough and, uh, Borough and Hull. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure there are teams, especially teams that are in the Europa League, have done that's that. not in the league. Can I just point out that isn't in the yeah, league? Yeah, yeah, that's enough. But I'm sure there's but plenty of teams who do that in a season. But to not be in Europe and do it, yeah. I think in less than a month. As yeah, well, in less than a month, that is every madness. day of the week. But yeah, I think, I think from Wednesday's point of view maybe quite a good thing that we haven't got a, a Tuesday night it's quite a rarity in the early months of League One yeah. when you're still in the Papa John's and you're in the um, League Cup as we still are although for some reason that next round's not until like November I think yes. so you know nice to just recharge the batteries I think and um, give the team a full week to prepare ahead of Plymouth because that's going to be a massive game and there's a lot of things that we need to correct from last week in training I think Darren Moore's going to have them doing double sessions so 
um, a lot of things they need to protect and hopefully they'll get a good uh, week's work in on that training ground because it's much needed, I think, after after that on Saturday. He's getting a head start already. I've not even got there yet. But yes, um, it, there's no midweek, which allows us three to spout our gobs off for the next, for, uh, for 45 minutes. Uh, we are going to get into the previews now and uh, we are going to start with United because, well, obviously, it is the, the famous... A6178 Derby Chappers this My weekend. My favourite. Uh, your favourite, indeed. It is Rotherham United coming back to Bramall Lane. Obviously, the two uh, grounds that held uh, Women's Euro 2022 games. Uh, so there is quite a lot um, of hype around this game. Obviously, it's United against Rotherham. But in recent seasons, when these two have met, it turns out Rotherham have had the, uh, the upper say. I remember in the, the last promotion season, they had the upper hand as well. And they've made a pretty decent start as well to life back in the championship. Okay, they may be 13th now, but that's only after one bad result. We can't... Well, Sheffield United cannot cannot be complacent given how well Rotherham have started life in the championship. Do you know what, Abfield? I'm happy to be complacent. I think we're absolutely <laughs> going to chance this. I, I really do. I All mean, right, then. Okay. I, I, and I, the reason I say that is if we play half as well as we did uh, or half as well as we have at home this season against Reading, against Sunderland, against Millwall, against Blackburn, blown teams away. Blown teams away who arguably, and I don't mean this um, detrimentally to Rotherham, who are arguably better teams than Rotherham are. Um, you know, Reading were top of the league when they came to us. Okay, that might be more luck than judgment. Yeah. Um, but they were top of the league when they came to us. Rotherham, on the whole, aren't a good team. They lost some key players in the summer in a Heckway and Smith. Um, okay, they've still got uh, Ogbeni, um, and, and Ben Wiles is still there as well. But, you know, if you look, if you compare the two squads, we we have by far the superior squad, even with all the injuries that we've got out. And I, I'd go as far to say that I actually think our injured team would probably beat Rotherham. Hold on, um, hold, hold on a if, minute. Very well for a Rotherham win this week. Yeah, and, uh, you know, OK, <laughs> if we lose, I'm going to look a little bit red-faced, but I just can't see how we don't get a victory in this game. I know it's a little bit different because you've got local derby and you've got all the things that come with it. And obviously Rotherham are going to be up for it because of that and their fans are going to be up for it because of that. But don't forget, we did save them from bankruptcy all those years ago. Um, so they do owe us a favour They there. don't thank us though, do they? No, they don't what? thank you. <laughs> no. Where's all this uh, come from? They don't owe you that. Well, when they were in terrible financial trouble we rolled in bucket collections so, so were we and so were Wednesday well, Wednesday fans very keen to point that out I think yeah absolutely but <laughs> I, I honestly I can't see anything else apart from United victory here you know purely because of the strength we've got in, in our squad we've made some really excellent attacking signings defensively we looked good all season apart from maybe the Watford game where I thought but you know first game of the season I thought we looked pretty shaky there but you know it was a team who not really played together Kieran Clark was playing out of position for goodness sake um, we had we had injuries so uh, yeah I, I think I can't see anything else apart from United victory and like I say if we play half as well as we have done in, uh, in the league at home this season then you know for me it should be a formality rather than anything else Fair enough. Well, uh, we are going to get into Unpredictable. I'll update on the scores in a moment, but we're going to get into things. United in first, top of the championship, taking on Rotherham United, sitting 13th. It is a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. Um, and soon as though you are, you're very confident ahead of this one, Chappers, why don't you kick things off? 
I just want to say as a disclaimer, I don't, I don't want to sound disrespectful to Rotherham. That's that's the last thing I want to do. But you're Rotherham, going to be. Ro- no, 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 no. Because Rotherham are a good team in their own right. They they are generally quite compact. That they play to their strengths in that they know they haven't got the best squad in the league. They know they haven't got the biggest budget in the league. So they they play to what they're good at. You know, Paul Warren is an excellent organizer. Um, you know, his tactics are generally quite good. Um, and and the atmosphere can be quite decent, especially at home at the New York. Um, and and the fans do get right behind the players. So I, I don't mean what I just said disrespectfully well. to Rotherham. However, score prediction: I, I can't see anything less than us scoring three goals. Um, I, I'm actually going to go for the same scoreline as Reading, but I'm going to say Rotherham will score. So I'm going to say four-one United. Four-one United for Chappers. Fair enough. Um, Connor, we'll come to you next. Yeah, Rotherham have made a good start. They deserve a lot of credit for it. Um, but like, I can't really disagree with what Chappers has just said. I wouldn't say it with the same uh, air of arrogance. <laughs> uh, just in case I look stupid if we lost. But I, I do. You know, he's he's not wrong really. And I think the way United are playing, it's hard to look past a. a I think it's going to be comfortable as well, to be honest. You know, they they went to Sunderland and conceded. I think it was they lose three 0 at Sunderland. So, um, you know, there's there's evidence there that they can be blown away. You know, if they concede. The Sunderland game's a tricky one, isn't it? Because obviously you've got new manager syndrome in Tony Mowbray. Yeah, but I'd I'd still suggest that Gunnar Bramall Lane is a tougher game uh, to come up against. Um, So I I think they'll win. I think four 0 Sheffield United. Unfortunately for me, Um, it's difficult really to see it going any other way with United's home form and with McBurney in form now it just feels like they've got that striker that they can rely on to score goals if he continues in this vein of form he's very much a confidence player and and he's proven that he can have a good season at this level before so I'm going to say 4-0 United 4-0 United um, well I've wrote mine down ahead of uh, ahead of things um, I've also said a United victory not as handsome as the pair of you I've only said 3-1 Um well, I'll know, take it. You'll you'll take it. I know you'll take it, obviously, but I can see it being a three-one. Um, so there we are. Onwards we go then to Sheffield Wednesday, Connor, because well, you've obviously had the opposite of a week, of a week in terms of how good United has been. Wednesday's week has been a bit rubbish, given the well, uh, well up and down. Up and down. You, you can't forget the five-nil win over Forest Green. I'm going to ignore the. The Papa John's Trophy game over uh, loss at Bradford. Yeah, meat feast cup um, in the bin. Yeah. Because not only is it a competition that we're not going to take too seriously, it's a game that doesn't have much jeopardy on because all we've got to do is win two home games yeah. in that competition and we'll be through probably as group winners. Yeah, so. the meat feast is four days old now. It goes in the bin where it belongs. Right. Um, onwards we go then. Plymouth Argyle. Now we know Plymouth is a bit of a bogey ground for Wednesday because the amount of of three nil defeats that have been uh, handed down to you there, and the long Tuesday night drives back at three in the morning. So the question is, it won't be a three in the morning drive back because it's a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. But Plymouth in third, Wednesday in fourth. Bring that meat feast back and stick some chili sauce on it. This looks tasty. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think um, it. I feel a bit like I did going into the Peterborough game, where although it's really early in the season, you can't help but feel like this is going to end up being a six-pointer, and it is too early to call it a six-pointer. But looking back at the end of this third season, third versus fourth, it is. But we're we're how many games in? Seven. Seven. So, yeah. So yeah, it is. The, the table doesn't mean much at this point, but what does mean something is that. You look at the quality in both of these squads. You look at the season that both of these teams had last season. Plymouth missing out on the playoffs with 80 points. 
it has never happened before. Um, people probably look at it and say, well, Ryan Lowe left when they were up at the top and they finished seventh and, you know, it probably proves that Schumacher isn't doing a great job, but I think that's not a true statement. Um, Plymouth carried on being a fantastic side in the second half of last season under Stephen Schumacher in his first managerial job. They managed to take that continuity um, and the style of football that they'd built under Ryan Lowe and just kept it going. And I wasn't too surprised by that. Um, it's going to be difficult for us. You know, they're really good at home. The, the, the start of last season when they were top of the league, that was driven mainly by their good away form. But they sort of flipped that round in the second half of the season. They became up there with us in terms of home record. Um, they've started off again very well at home. They beat Peterborough the other week at home. Um, they went to Derby and won 3-2 after being 2-0 behind. This is going to be such a difficult game. And um, I'd have said that before the Barnsley game. Obviously, the Barnsley game has knocked a, a fair bit of confidence out of me because I think that's just natural a natural way of reacting to such a poor performance. Um Plymouth have got such good attacking options as well. You look at the wing-backs, Bally Mumba's come in on loan from Norwich. By all accounts, he's had a great start. He scored the other week as well. They've got Edwards on the other side. Um, I think they could cause a lot of problems for us. Um, the strike force as well. They've signed Sam Cosgrove, which I th which was a very surprising one for me. Um, not a signing that I would have made, thought that Plymouth would make. It's a very un-Plymouth signing, and I'm not sure he's going to be a success there, but he did get off to a great start by scoring two, coming off the bench um, to turn that game around at Derby. They've obviously got Ryan Hardy as well, Danny Mayer in that front line, and Morgan Whitaker, who they've signed on loan from Swansea. So there's, it's a hell of a good squad. You know, I think people probably underestimated Plymouth in the pre-match, pre-season predictions. They've got so many good players, a lot of good attacking options, and I think this is going to be a difficult game for us. Um, I hope that game against Barnsley hasn't knocked the wind out of our sails too much. Well, we shall see. So, uh, as I say, Plymouth in third, Sheffield Wednesday in fourth, Saturday three o'clock kickoff at Home Park. Is the money going with on the Ginsters or is it going on the coach back? Uh, it's going on the Ginsters, unfortunately. Oh um, dear. Yeah. I'd, and are Ginsters still sponsoring Plymouth? Yeah. And that, and that, are you sure? Still did they not, did they not they change die? it? No, I'm pretty sure it's still Ginsters. Yeah. Let and me that, check. So you're spending, you're, the money on, check. you're spending the money on the Ginsters and that's before three I've never had Ginsters. Is, is Ginsters... Is, is it a, a pasty? Oh, it's a pasty, right. I yeah. thought it would... Yeah. Uh, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's a Devon thing. Um, uh, yeah. Cornish pasty. Oh, no. Maybe you're right. Because I thought they'd done something with a charity where they'd... Project Thirty Five. Yeah, so this is. I so think. Maybe, uh, I think. Still I think a club yeah, this is a company that sponsored them, and they've agreed to remove their logo from the front to support something Plymouth community based. Oh, and I think it's quite I a good see. move. So that's why it yeah, just came to my then. head that they're right. not being sponsored by Ginsters. Anyway, you might edit Double this point. out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going two 0 to Plymouth. Uh, unfortunately, we've got a rotten old record down there and I'm not sure it really counts for too much I think we've also got to mention the last time we played Plymouth we played them off the park pretty much at Hillsborough and 1-4-2 ah, right. and, that, and that flattered them but I am aware that this is going to be a different game we're generally one of those teams that are a lot better at home than we are away hmm. Plymouth outstanding at home you know like we said really going to be a tough game and um, yeah let's just hope that we can get back on that winning trail from the weekend but I think it might start at the Mazuma Stadium next Tuesday instead of at Home Park go on at the Mazuma at Morecambe yeah Morecambe oh, right. got them on fair enough I'll let you Tuesday, off yeah. then right so uh, so it's a 2-0 Plymouth victory for Connor I've gone for a 1-0 Plymouth victory Don't I think it will be cagey but 
I think Plymouth will get the victory. Chappers. Yeah, this is a real tricky one because a minute ago I was going to go 2-2, um, but Wednesday don't really draw games. Um, you either win not or lose since, them. Not since the start of last season where we drew about, well, you eight, drew about eight, eight in a row. Yeah. <laughs> since then, yeah, you're yeah. probably right. You don't, we don't really draw don't, games. You either win don't or lose too them. many. I mean, you've only drawn one this season. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think day. towards the back end of last season. What away games did we draw? God, I can't. Re- You're all right. I'm just trying to think what away games we drew. We, d- we tended to be quite inconsistent. You away drew last one all. Season. The last time you drew away Bolton. was one all at Bolton. Yeah, uh, um, that was the 9th of April. Yeah, didn't really draw games. You either win or lose them. So uh, maybe I'm going to change my mind. I, I think I'm. I think I'll go for a Plymouth victory. I'm going to say two one Plymouth. Um, Wednesday will probably score. Wednesday have scored quite a lot this season, and generally on the whole, find a way to score a goal. Um, so I'm going to go 2-1 Plymouth. 2-1 Plymouth for Chappers. I'm, I'm not sure. That, that might be the only time this season that we all back Wednesday to lose. You're quite, that's true, actually. You're he's, quite he's, positive on yeah. Wednesday, more so than me. Yeah. Uh, I know, I've, I'm hoping that's going to be the case because if we start all backing Wednesday, Wednesday to lose, it suggests that we're not having a good season. No, yeah. indeed. I think, yeah, that's definitely the first time it's happened this season. So, um yeah. Right. Okay. Now just, we are just worth keeping an eye on that. It thing. is, and we are going to come to wild card in a second. But don't worry, because I'll be honest with you, we've got no idea when we are next going to be with you, but we will be back at some point. Chappers has got the local roundup now. Have I got my bed? Yeah, you've got, got a bed. Nobody, nobody yeah. knows what a bed is. Nobody knows <laughs> what a bed is. from I the do. ones that you sleep on. I'm taking, yeah. There you go. <laughs> You're home for United and Wednesday. The game that we've created the least in is the game that we score three in. I don't know how we didn't go in more than one nil down. With the biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. You're right. Hello there. Good morning. Great nice to, to have you with us. Yeah. Thank you for coming in, Rob. Cheers, Cheers. guys. Joseph Hadfield. You know why I didn't bring my jelly babies after last time. Josh Chapman. We had no right to be anywhere near those playoffs. Connor Thorpe. Still trying to come to terms with what I witnessed. I don't believe it. No. Got it. Is it? Spot on. It is. Get it. Even had a chance. Even Sheffield Wednesday have scored penalties. There was a point where we were only scoring. This is Football (laughs) Forum. Thursdays from 7 o'clock. Yes, Football Forum back at some point before the end of September, we can guarantee. Um, So we will uh, will bring you the action then. Before we do go on to the wild card, we are going to go... What are the faces you two are making? It's unbelievable. Just Leicester v Villa is the wild card in it, and that is going to be such a disgusting game of football. I'll be honest with you, I had no idea about that. I did tell you, I did message you, but you obviously don't read you the messages. You said El Sackico. Yeah, yeah Leicester to be Villa. fair, that is pretty. I mean, yeah, I can't think of any other. Brendan Rodgers and Steven Gerrard. Yeah, who's going to get sacked? I don't think there's any AFL mes- managers under that much pressure no. at this stage. Well, apart from, uh, yeah, not, certainly not playing each other. Well, exactly, yeah. I thought you were going to mention Bournemouth because obviously Scott Parker's oh, no, gone. gone. No, no. Yeah, I thought that's what you meant. And no. they've got gone as a caretaker manager. Gary, Gary O'Neill. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh okay. See, uh, see what I did. Yeah, nicely done. I'd rather have the chilli sauce joke. Anyway, right. Uh, we are going to get into the wild card in a second. Uh, just to update you on where we were when we were last with you. We've had numerous rounds. You've seen them on the social media. Um but Connor had a 10-pointer a couple of weeks ago because he got the Walsall Charlton Pizza Cup game spot on. Who said it were hard to predict? Yes, <laughs> as they always are. So you got that. Uh, then a couple of then a couple of weeks later, I got a 10-pointer with a 2-1 Watford over Middlesbrough. I didn't get a 2-pointer. A 10-pointer. You're the only one that's yet to have a 10-pointer. Yeah, that'll stay that um, way for a while. And you've not done much better this week because there were three games and, well... Thankfully, I predicted a uh, a United victory against Hull. Did I not? 
I went for a draw. You two both went for draws, which means last week you both got none. Brilliant. Great. Yeah. Because yeah, we both predicted a Wednesday win as well. Yeah, you did. If I'd not gone for a United win, we'd have all got none. Brilliant. That's going to happen at some point, isn't it? This year, I think. I don't think it's ever happened in the five, five and a, well, four we and a bit years. We've, I will we used check. To do, we used to do five games, then or six games. That's, we uh, did. That is true. Yeah. But scores on the doors after ten rounds are as follows: uh, you're in last, Brilliant. still Sounds thirty right. points. Yep. You've got thirty-six. Now you were level with me at one point. After that 10 points, you're on 36 now. I've got 52. Jesus. Wow. That 10-pointer. Marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> it is, but we are 10 rounds in. Anyway, on to the wild card, and you said it's El Sakiko. Yeah, El Sakiko. Uh, we, we both know the pressure that both Brendan Rodgers and Steven Gerrard are under. Steven Gerrard has has really got a poor record, especially towards the back end of last year. They've, they've not won many games at all. I think they've won one... Uh, sorry, I think they've won three uh, in the league between now and April. Uh, which is not a good record at all. And obviously, Brendan, Roger, uh, Brendan Rogers, who went through a period last season where I thought he could be on his last legs, especially when they were losing to Forrest in, in the Cup. They went on a bit of a poor run round there, but they kind of picked it up a little bit. But this season has been really poor um, for Leicester. I mean, Leicester sit rock bottom of the table. Villa aren't much better. They're 17th. Leicester have only got one point this season, yeah. which is terrible. But yeah, Leicester at home, Villa are away. Right, OK. It's in the Premier League. It's uh, three o'clock, is it, on Saturday? Yes. Right. Uh, you came up with it, so you go first. Uh, well, I'd just like to say I didn't come up with El Sakiko. That was something going around <laughs> on Twitter. I'm not claiming that. Fine. Um, this is going to be terrible. This is really going to be awful, isn't it? But I think maybe Leicester will win this one. Um, I think Leicester's going to win this one. I'm going to say 2-0 Leicester. 2-0 Leicester. The whole point of the wild card being on the spot. Very quick responses. 2-0. 2-0. Um, I've all gone mine. I've said 0-0. See, I was thinking 0-0. But then I thought, Leicester surely is surely going to concede. And Villa are surely going to concede. Leicester, you know, have got good firepower going forward. Villa have got good players going forward, but they just seem to have no um, cohesion. Cohesion is the word, and you look, you think about how well coached Rangers looked under Gerrard, and there's none of that at Villa. There seems to be no plan of how they're going to score. Um, but I think it's going to be one-one, um, which is really boring because you want one of these, you want one of these want teams to, to win, win yeah. don't you? So, just from a narrative point of view, but it's kind of just keeping everything as it was, going for a one-one. Yep. So a one-one, um, which means uh, there we are. So uh, so Chappers is the outlier. He's gone for a Leicester victory. Myself and Connor both going uh, for draws, which is fun and games. Right, that is as far as we go uh, for this week. Um, we will be back as we say at some point. Um, maybe not next week, but the week after that. Um, and uh, if you're wanting to find us on social media and what have you, if you go to Linktree and look for Football Forum underscore, we're on that. And all our social medias now are football forum underscores you'll find us there anyway that's your lot so from me Chappers and Connor and all the team here on football forum we will see you uh, in a couple of weeks time take care bye bye bringing you the latest from across the steel city this is football forum